This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to this life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. The first thing in your notes following that is that we all have a race to run. Every single person in this room has a race that God has designed for you to run. And it's different. Not all of our races look the same, and sometimes we do get caught up in that trap of trying to run somebody else's race and comparing our race to somebody else's and thinking that we're not as far along as we should be or we're not going as fast as we should be, but everybody in here has your own race to run. Every single person. And if you pay attention in that verse, it says something interesting to me. It says that God has set that race before us. I'll talk about this a little bit later, but let me just say this today. That means you don't have to go looking for it. Some of y'all, if you're honest right now, you're looking for things in life to try to find purpose and meaning. You're looking for things in life to engage in that you think would actually be a race worth running. But the truth is that the race that's worth running is right in front of you. If you're a parent here today, It's not easy to be a parent. It's especially not easy to be a good parent. But that race is right in front of you. If you're married today and you're here, having a good marriage isn't easy. It takes a lot of work. But your spouse is right in front of you. If you're a student and you're here today, I mean, a lot of times you may think that You're working towards something that's later on in life, but that schoolwork that you're doing, it's right in front of you. The race is often right in front of you. And to have a good race, we have to do just like a racer would on a NASCAR track or someone running 100 meters. We have to have a good start, a good middle, and a good end. And I love this verse out of Timothy. Because This film looks not at the middle or the beginning of his career. It actually looks at the end of Lightning McQueen's career. And I love what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, verses 7, where he said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. So I'm reminded of something in that verse that, one, that there's going to be a time when the end of our race comes a little bit nearer. But two, this is in your notes, that we can only run the race through faith. We can only run the race that God has set before us in faith. See, far too often we try to run the race that we're running in life through our own abilities, through our own strength. And when we do that, 
The problem is, is that you're never going to run the race that God wants you to run. Because you'll never be able to run the race that God has set before you on your own. It will have to be through faith. Isn't that what the writer of Hebrews said there at the very beginning, that we are surrounded by a huge cloud of witnesses to the life of faith? Not a life of accomplishment. Not a life of uh, accumulation. But we've been surrounded by a crowd of witnesses that point to a life of faith. And if you went backwards in one chapter in that, that book, in Hebrews chapter 11, the writer talks through these great men of God and how they had lived life through faith, starting with Abraham, who, who believed God even though he was old, and, and God gave him a child, and then going forward to Moses and all the patriarchs walking through. And he ends with this, which I think is so powerful in verses 35 through 38. Others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Others were chained in prison. Some died by stoning and some were sawed in half and others were killed with the sword. They were too good for this world. And it reminds me of something that is important about faith. And I want everyone to see this today. That faith, faith will impact our lives today. But it also crafts a legacy for the future. See, if you live a life that is lived through faith, it will impact the way that you make decisions and process your life in the moment right now. But the interesting thing about faith is that faith always crafts a life in us that leaves a legacy for the future. It doesn't just impact the moment. It impacts the legacy that our lives leave behind. I think there may be no greater illustration of that than Billy Graham. If you know the story of Billy Graham, he gave his life to Jesus in a small church here in North Carolina, became a preacher, and you, you know what happened after that. He led crusades all over the country, and led literally thousands and tens of thousands of people to come to know Jesus. What a powerful legacy to have left behind. A few weeks ago, I have a couple friends who had the privilege to go uh, to, to meet with Dr. Graham. And uh, apparently there's a waiting list. You have to be a fairly influential person to get on that waiting list these days. And you, you get a call and they say, next Thursday, if you can be here, you might get a chance to meet with Dr. Graham. If, if he feels good enough in the morning when he wakes up, we'll actually do that. But you got to be here at 830. You got to wait. And if he doesn't feel good, you can't meet with him and you lose your shot. You interested? And they're like, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, put us down. And so uh, these two guys who are pastors of very large churches that I'm friends with flew in and, and waited. And they said, we got there about 830, so excited. About 11 o'clock, nobody had even talked to us. <laughs> we didn't know what to think. And about 1130, his assistant walked in and said, Dr. Graham is up. He's feeling pretty good. He'd like to meet with you. And so they drove up to his house and my friend Rick had actually gave his life to Jesus in a Billy Graham crusade in Baton Rouge. And uh, they walked into his living room. 
and sat down and, and talked to him. Spent about an hour and a half talking to Dr. Graham. As they were getting ready to go, Dr. Graham uh, just said, hey, boys, and you know, I'm getting tired. I need, need to probably take a nap before too long. My friend Rick, who had given his life to Jesus in a Billy Graham crusade, said, hey, Dr. Graham, before we leave, could you do something for me? I gave my life to Jesus in a crusade that you led, and you gave the altar call where I responded and gave. And, and, and it's been a, a real privilege to follow you throughout the years, but just being able to sit down, would you pray for me? And he said, man, I'll pray for you if you pray for me. And he said, and Rick's pretty funny, he goes, what do I got to pray for you for? <laughs> you're, you're Billy Graham. And he goes, well, I always have told people, live with the end in mind. And I've done that. But now I'm at the end of my race. Would you pray? Would you pray that I finish well? That I finish this race well? Would you pray for me that I do that? Which really takes me to the last point there. That if we're going to run with endurance, which is what? Hebrews 12.1 says that we have to run the race with the end in mind. We have to run the race with the end in mind. See, so many times we get caught up in the race that we're running today. And we forget that you're in the middle of your race. Now, I don't know if you've ever known anybody that's run a marathon or if you've run one yourself. I have a few friends. I have never run a marathon. Hard to believe, I know, right? But I've never run one or a half marathon. But I have some friends that have. And one of the things that I've learned from listening to them is that if you're going to run that race, you have to always think about the end. Because if you run too fast in the beginning or in the middle, You'll extend yourself too much. And when you get to the end of your race, you won't have anything left. And so many of us, listen to this. This wasn't prepared. I just feel like the Lord wants me to say this. So many of us sacrifice our future for what we want right now. We sacrifice the end of the race for something that we want in the moment. If you're going to run with endurance the way that Hebrews 12.1 says, you have to run with the end in mind. Now today, right now, your kids, if you have kids, they're down the hall watching Cars 3. And we paid for them to do that today. Because I believe that this is a movie that has a story within it that I think can have a pivotal impact on you and your family. So much so that if you flip your notes over, I wrote a family devotion for you, okay? Where I want you to go home and to spend some time today asking your kids some questions and letting them answer them for you. Because what I want to do as we get ready to wrap up, I'm going to ask you three questions that I want you to think about for yourself. When it comes to finishing well, when it comes to finishing the race. Some questions that I think frame 
the decisions that we make in the moment right now and will help us think about how should we end, how are we ending the race that we're in. The first question that I want you to think about is how do I want to be remembered? How do I want to be remembered? Have you ever sat in a funeral and thought, this is a shame. It didn't have to be this way. Maybe that person didn't have to be so ornery or their story didn't have to end the way it was. I can tell you the last thing that I ever once said about me at my funeral is, well, but he had a good heart. Because that's what we say about people when their lives didn't give us any good evidence to support. See, how do you want to be remembered? Because the truth is, is that how you live today is crafting the legacy that you'll leave behind tomorrow. How do you want to be remembered? I love this quote uh, from it's accredited to Maya Angelou. There's some people who say it wasn't her, but we're just going to give it to her this morning. For people will forget the things you do and often the things you say, but they won't forget how you made them feel. Leave that quote up just for a second. I do want to push back against that. It's not your responsibility how somebody else feels. Okay, so let me just say that up front. And people can choose to feel all sorts of ways, but there's a truth that's hidden in that quote that is important. And that's that oftentimes we are too concerned about things that in 10 years, 10 hours won't matter. How many of y'all know that if we were to break down the fights that you have with your spouse, the things that you've argued about with your friends, in, in most of them, when it all comes down to it, they don't even matter. 20 years from now, you'll remember the, the emotion of the fight but you won't remember what you fought about. You ever been there? Why is it that we get so caught up in things that are so temporary? Can I just confess with you that that's my struggle? Personally, I mean, I find a way oftentimes to make things that are so temporary seem in my heart and in my mind so important. If you were to chart the, the fights that I have with my wife, all right, 95% of them would be over things that are so vastly temporary. If you were to chart the tensions and fights that I have with my friends, they would be over things that are vastly temporary. And we sacrifice the future for something that appears to be in the moment so important. How many of you would say, don't raise your hand, but you'd say that if we're honest, that the, the things that I'm, that I'm pushing for, the things that I care about, they're, they're really not important. And I'm struggling, I'm actually trying in life to, to maybe, maybe to impress people or, or to have the, the perfect home or to be the perfect mom or to be the perfect employee, to be the, the perfect dad. And I'm, I'm trying to impress the world with my strengths. But it's just not working out real well. I, I just want to remind you 
of something that is just a truth that at times we just need to see it. That you may impress people with your strengths, but you'll connect with them through your weaknesses. It's the moment when someone is actually vulnerable and says, I struggle with that too. Or, I'm really having a bad day and I need someone to support me and pray for me. Those are the moments when, if you remember those moments of connection with other people, when you look back and you go, I just remember them being so honest and open and loving and caring. Why? Because they weren't trying to impress you. How do you want to be remembered? Let me just suggest to you that it might not be the best thing to want to be remembered as being impressive. That maybe the best thing in life is to be remembered as being authentic and loving and caring. Someone who struggled but push through. How do you want to be remembered? The second question is, is my life telling the story I want to tell right now? Is my life telling the story that I want to tell right now? If your story were to end today, and people were to gather around and talk about you and what your legacy is, the life that they saw you live out in front of them, would it be the story that you really want to tell? Because the truth is, is that none of us are promised the next season of life, much less the next day. Fifteen months ago, a young mother in our church found out that she had a, a mass on her uterus, went in, and she'd never been sick before. I don't understand that. She'd never had the flu, never had a stomach bug. But she went in, and they removed the mass. It was cancer. And in 14 months, she had passed away, leaving behind a high schooler, a middle schooler, and an elementary-age boy. Her story ended well before she had planned for it to end. And if you're waiting to try to live the right story later in life, well, you're probably missing the story that God wants you to live. Maybe you're that guy that's here. And you're the guy who you are trying to achieve, fill in the blank. But if your story right now ended right now, we would sit back and say, well, he was trying to get there, but he never got there. Maybe you're that lady that's here and, and, you know, she was just working towards and whatever your goal is in life, she was working towards this. But if your story ended right now, the, the, the truth would be that we would tell the story. Well, she was trying to get, but she just never got there. And too many times we're trying to live a story that would happen later in life. We're saying, I, I, you know what, I can be that kind of parent if I get this much money in the bank. I, I can be that kind of spouse if my husband will. I can, I can be that kind of employer if we get enough uh, jobs to support those things. I can be that kind of employee if my boss will. But look at this verse again. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. 
before us. And I want you to understand something. Hear this and let it sink deep into your souls. If right now you're saying, I can't live out this story because I, and it's what God wants me to do. I know it's, it, this is the right thing to do, but I can't live it out because your because is an excuse. That's all it is. Because the race is right before you. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.